tragics. We're, we're weekend packers and, and we love That's to right. go to golf. And I, I think oh, that, I showed that, that, you guys that on the weekend. Yes, 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 <laughs> you did. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. I, I just, uh, <laughs> Good evening, punners, and welcome to another instalment of the live chats with Golf Days Australia. Uh, looks a little funky this uh, this week, and you can see obviously myself on screen, but. Uh, we've got uh, Double Par joining us this week, making his live chat interview debut. How are you going, Double Par? I'm good, thanks, Steve-O. I, uh, yeah, first interview, a uh, little bit nervous, shall I say, but um, I was live last week and I thought rather than let the uh, punters look at my buffet with that uh, COVID mask on, we go <laughs> this route. So, uh, yeah, that's the that's the plan. But how excited. Mm. We've got a uh, really good member, a really good... Uh, Interviewer tonight, so yeah, we should be um, I should be uh, killing it. Looking forward to it, mate, and looking forward to some of the input that you're going to bring through the session. Hopefully, it's uh, customer friendly. Uh, we are nine o'clock at night over here, so um, yeah, hopefully you we you, you keep it still uh, pretty sane, mate. But uh, <laughs> all good. Um, well, look. Uh, just a quick reminder before we get kick started into this, uh, we use Streamyard. There's a link in the post. Uh, click on that link if you want to make some comments and ask uh, our interviewee some questions through the chat or through the interview. Um, throw them in there, but it helps us be able to show your um, Facebook profile name and, and photo when we bring some of those questions up on screen. Um, hopefully there's no real wide ones out there for him, but, uh, yeah, if you've got a few questions, throw them in there. That'd be great. Um, and also, quick shout-out to some of our sponsors. So we've got Net Return. Uh, Dint Putters, uh, Session Set, and a shout-out there. We've got a current promo for GDA members only. Uh, jump in there, get yourself a subscription, and use the codes GDA Beer or GDA Cider, all capitals, all one word, and you'll get $20 off your first case. Uh, plus, all this, also, there's free shipping in the Sydney metro areas as well. Um, and also, a shout-out to Cobra Puma. We gave away the Speed Zone Extreme driver this week valued at $729 uh, so go have a listen to our latest podcast you'll find out the uh, winner on there as well um, but let's get uh, into this so tonight's guest Hal's originally from Melbourne uh, turned pro in 2004 at the age of 22 uh, qualified for the PGA Tour in 2009 and had some pretty good success in his rookie year uh, boasts five professional wins and plenty of top tens uh, on numerous tours. Uh, joining us all the way from Dallas, Texas, is James Nitties. How you going, mate? Hey, boys. What's going on? Good to see you. Uh, good, mate. Good. How, what, what's the time over there for you at the moment, mate? Uh, it's currently 6 a.m. So, uh, you know, I'm Brilliant. usually out up and about at around 3.30 a.m. Just got to get to the gym, get on that Bryson diet, you know. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'd be, I'd be well asleep right now. But it, uh, it's glad to be with you and um, it should be fun. Yeah, How great, many... mate. Well, yeah, appreciate you um, joining us. Sorry, DP, jump in there. No, you're right. How many, um, how many uh, protein shakes are you doing, James? Just, I just do a mass. I just, I blend something up, just, you know, big concoction, put a couple steaks, some burgers, some, you know, creatine in just a one shake and just walk around with the uh, the blender itself. So I don't have to, you know, do, do separate things. <laughs> He's got the pocket Nutribullet. He just walks around <laughs> like the course with it and just blends up a couple of steaks. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's good, mate. Oh, very good. But, um, well, look. 
first first up before we get uh, get stuck into some of your your career highlights uh, and and how you got started in golf we've got a, an icebreaker segment called the quick fire par five so five quick questions one or two word answers that'll get us to the hole um first up do you play in meters or yards still meters yeah, yeah meters mm-hmm. right yeah. um and number two par five are you laying up or are you going for it in two? Uh, pro- probably going for it in two if I haven't already lost the ball off the tee. <laughs> I suppose the Bryson <laughs> diet's helping you there as well. You get a little closer. <laughs> yeah, I picked up probably about oh, three feet in distance, so it's, uh, <laughs> but lost a lot of accuracy. Is that is that carry is that carry or rollout? That's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I've lowered my spin due to the uh, the dew factor and uh, the the barometric pressure, so it's it's all roll, straight roll. You're spritzing your balls, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Sorry. Yeah. Question number three. Favorite movie, mate? Left of field. Favorite movie. Uh, that is brutally tough because I love my movies, but uh, one one to come to one that comes to mind is probably Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, Batman. Yeah, right. Like it. That's a good one. Uh, fourth question. On the first tee box, you're standing over the ball. What are you thinking? Uh, James Nitty's at 38 years of age. I'm just I'm just trying to get it in the fairway. So just, yeah. <laughs> just keep it as low as possible so it, it catches grass as soon as possible. <laughs> get some more three-foot rollout. Yes. Um, <laughs> And question five to finish us off: uh, How many holes holes in one have you had? Any? I have. I've. I've. I'm pretty unlucky because I've finished on a pretty uh, an unlucky number thirteen. I've had. Oh, wow! So thirteen. Can't, can't get off thirteen. <laughs> My last hole in one was actually at uh, Coinda Waters last year. Oh yeah. A little short par three. I think it's like eight. Yeah, eight. Is it the eighth hole? Maybe. Yeah. It might be it might be seventeen. Someone tells Seven, me it's it's seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. Seventeen. I think <laughs> it, yeah. So all right. Cool. And uh, maybe your bonus question here, how many double pars? Uh double I mean we could how many quad pars have I had with plenty <laughs> of those. So <laughs> uncountable. Oh, great, mate. Wow. Well, that's so, uh that's that's a good one. We'll have to go back through the records, DP, and, and get a few snapshots up on uh, onto your Instagram. <laughs> oh, look, I'm more interested about that uh, hole-in-one on 17 at Coinda. It's a great little hole, that one. Um, so, James, 38, you said, how did you get into golf? What was the what was the go there? What got you into golf? So, pretty standard story. Uh, played all sports as a kid. I think I, uh, you know, basketball, cricket, played soccer for about seven or eight years, up to I was about 15. And then, but when I was 11, the old man dusted off a... Uh, a janky old bladed set and some wooden clubs and gave them to me. And we went down to the, down to the golf course and I played once. I think I shot 135 or something, my first game or something around that, around that mark, plenty of double pars. And uh, it uh, it turned out to be just, I became addicted straight away. So yeah, just since then, Mum would drop me at the golf course. I'd play as many holes as possible every day. And uh, and then the, when I got to about 15, the, I sort of faded the soccer and the cricket because I was, you know, trying to avoid the little hand injuries or 
or uh, leg injuries so I could go play golf seriously. So, yeah, started when I was about 11, 12 and uh, became pretty serious when uh, I was about 14, 15. So where, where was all that junior golf played, James? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in, uh, yeah, as you guys said, I was born in Melbourne, but I'm pretty much a Novocastrian. I, uh, I grew up in Newcastle and played all my junior golf at Charlestown Golf Club, Royal Charlestown. Lovely course, very hilly. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, quite. Very. Uh, they they say there's a you need to have uh, half a, half of one leg so you can be flat for most of your, most of your shots. Very good, very good. So what um what was it that attracted you to golf? Like, I mean, your old man got you involved. Was he a penance player? How did how did he hit the ball? No, dad was uh, dad was pretty bad actually. He uh, his motto was have some beers before he teed off some aiming fluid and uh and then just you know settle the nerves and go he was a 24 handicap and uh yeah i i think for me it was the addiction to i'm I'm not i'm not sure once i i started getting into it and you just as a kid you you focus on anything you do so like any sports you play you become addicted and i think that's what's uh that's the the biggest value to starting sports when you're you're at a young age because you're so determined and you practice so much that's how you become so good quickly so um yeah just there was no real allure a couple of buddies were playing and you know you had it in your school school sports rotation and just became obsessed and uh yeah felt like uh the golf club became my second home and i think i can remember when dad would he would finish his round, have a couple of beers, and I'd just sit on the putting green till the till it went dark, and uh, yeah, the lights had come on, and I'd still be hitting putts. So it uh, is one of those things that, from a young age, I, I knew that it uh, it was something I wanted to do for a long time. So Dad'd throw you a packet of chips and a can of coke, keep you occupied while he's up there having a few skewies. Yeah, a couple, a little bit of SVs and uh, and and coke, you know. Salt and vinegar chips. Salt and vinegar. Keep the engine running. (laughs) (laughs) So you you had a bit of a um, an issue with arthritis as a young kid. How did how did that happen? What was what was the go there? Yeah, that's a that was a weird one. I uh, it was it really happened when I I turned pro. Uh, So I was around I was twenty two and I came to America and I was doing the mini tour circuit and playing the Hooters tour and uh, doing a lot of uh, qualifying for nationwide tour back then. And um, I was playing pretty good. I think I'd qualified Monday qualified for six out of 10 nationwide tour events. It was a, it was a lot easier back then. We, to qualify, it was 14 spots and usually be about 150 guys. So, but um, I, uh, I began to have some back injuries and, it was it was odd because it was they it wasn't like a, a like back spasm it, it would it was just like immense pain and i would see everyone i saw um a couple of physios chiros um even went to a, a doctor and everyone would say it's their disc problems it's bulging disc it's this and then even though i had mris and it, it they would pretty standard it was a standard back like so, you know, typical wear and tear for a golfer, but nothing out of the ordinary. So, 
and then it would go away in waves and then the pain had come back. And I, I used to I think that it was because I was doing a lot of driving back then. You know, you tend to do the Monday tours you'd and the mini tours. You'd, call, you'd uh, drive a lot around America and do like seven, eight hour drives. And um, so one day I woke up in the middle of the night and my like leg was shaking. My whole, like the pain was, it was, it was immense. And um, I was like screaming. It's like someone was sticking a screwdriver in my hip and turning it. And um, so I went emergency, went to the hospital. Um, they hit me with morphine. Um, and uh, yeah, so the pain was pretty bad. And then typically another, I think this time I was in Dallas, actually where I am now, where I finally ended up living. And uh, I was with a couple of buddies. We are playing a tournament here and they took me to the hospital and uh a back specialist came in who was who worked for the Texas Rangers, so that's a big baseball team in Dallas, and um, it was Baylor Hospital, so it was a really nice hospital, which in the end uh, ended up costing me a pretty penny. Lucky uh, insurance covered it, but um, he said it was yeah, you're just having back spasms, and you know, typical answer. And sent me home with uh, a steroid packet, not not the Bryce and the Bryson type that everyone thinks he's on, but uh, yeah, just sort of uh, something to uh, sort, sort the back out and get back on a, a course to where I can get over the pain. So then this happened again. And I, so I went back to hospital, they took x-rays and I had a huge amount of fluid on my hip. And the only way you can get to that type of fluid is with a probably like an eight inch needle that goes through your back because you can't obviously get through the hip. Mm. And, um, so they tried extracting that and then they ran tests and, you know, to shorten up the story for about two weeks, I was a human pin cushion. I, uh, I had all sorts of things stuck in me cause they didn't know what was wrong with me. And I could, cause I couldn't walk. I couldn't put, I couldn't bend over. I couldn't, I could barely, uh, you know, go to the toilet if you know what I mean. And, uh, mm. So over two weeks, I think I lost about oh, 10, 10 kilo because I didn't really want to eat. And then, so finally this guy comes in and he's like, I think I know what you have. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what's, what's that? And he's like, yeah, you've got rheumatoid arthritis. And Oof. at this point of time, which was, yeah, 2005, they had barely any cases in America. They didn't even know what it was. And so obviously there's a specialist. We, we uh, actually know what we had a lot of cases in Australia. Um, mm. It was very, very common. So if, if this happened to me in Australia, I probably would have got diagnosed with within, you know, the first time I went in like yeah, six right. months before this. So um, yeah, cut a long story short, this guy, um, he goes, I want to do this transfusion on you, which it's like a drip and um it just sort of runs through the body and it kills anything that's in the body but the the bad thing about this transfusion is if you've got any infections your body can't can't fight against the infection and you could mm. die so <laughs> i was like <laughs> at this point, I, yeah <laughs> well he didn't tell me that so i'm sitting there. <laughs> he's like look it's it I, i'll check you for infections you know it's we'll make sure everything's good blah 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 and I was like, at that point, I was all drugged up. And I was like, yeah, let's just do whatever I need to get home, get well. So he did it. And yeah, I was walking on crutches within three to four days. Oof. And uh, yeah, I went home. 
and uh, <laughs> I saw a specialist in Australia, and he goes, "Yeah, that's not illegal. That's not legal in Australia. Our, go- <laughs> our government hasn't. Um, we have, we have that. <laughs> sanctioned that here because there's like a three or four percent death rate. So um, <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, but it worked. So you're here." And yeah. uh, so from that point on, having a specialist in Australia, I was able to get put on a medication course and. Um, my rheumatologist specialist from America actually met up with my rheumatologist specialist in Australia, like a world conference. And they actually talked about me and, yeah, I, right. you know, it was this random case that they came across in America and see it. Yeah. So it's look, I've, I've got what's called reactive arthritis, which is um, it's common in babies all the way up to uh, 23, 24 year olds or mid 20 year olds. Um, Guys like Daniel Jones, uh, Daniel Johns, who lead singer for Seagull, uh, Silverchair, yeah. he had it pretty bad in his arms and his hands. So yeah, people right. get people get different strands of it. Um, the good news is it's an autoimmune disease. You're supposed to have it for life, but my doctor said that I'd gotten rid of it. So wow, f- through diet and mostly diet and exercise, I uh, I turned it around and yeah, somehow I got rid of my rheumatoid factor and haven't had any breakouts or uh you know episodes for about 10 years so it's yeah, um, awesome it's, so you uh, what you were, were 22 23 at that stage and going through that so yeah um that's that's a phenomenal thing to have happen to you in that in that sort of early stage um but yeah great that you, you've now sort of kicked that which is good yeah look it was it, it sounds pretty bad the whole story and pretty horrific but i, I was you know, people get different severities of it. And I was pretty lucky that um, every time I'd have a episode, it, you know, I'd just be out for a couple of days and it'd be painful. But then uh, I knew that there couldn't be any, it's not like a back injury where, you know, like if I go swing a golf club, I could, uh, you know, rip apart my spine. So, um, you know, it was one of those things I played on painkillers for a lot, but that in the yeah. back of your head, knowing that it's, you know, it's not, nothing's going to, hurt you it uh, it was fine so I, I got pretty lucky with uh compared to some other people that have uh, gone through and still are going through the, the extreme pain of the uh rheumatoid family Did it, at any time any time there james you think that it would, would stop your golf career though like it, it sounds pretty scary what you went through uh early days yeah or well, the, the two weeks i was in hospital i'd I didn't know what was going on, but um, it was it was scary stuff. You know, I was in America. I had my buddies here, but they had moved. They had to move on and go play tournaments, and so I was kind of in hospital by myself. And um, yeah, but when we, I kind of found out what it was all about. Uh, yeah, I took about a year off because um, I'd lost a lot of weight and didn't walk properly for about six months. But um, once I got back, I just straight back on the horse, come back to the states and get into it and then once my insurance covered the uh, $100,000 bill they tried to sting me for for three weeks in hospital four weeks in hospital um yeah I was I was good to go so yeah right so maybe let's let's get stuck into a bit of golf there so you you talked a little bit about um the Hooters tour as you you mentioned just before and and we'll get on to the naming rights for that one in a sec um but turned pro in in 2004 and you you joined the NGA Hooters tour um was this after coming second in the Australian PGA was that after you turned pro after that 
Yeah, so I turned pro at the end of 2004 or yep. start of 2000. Yeah, end of 2004. So the first event I actually played was the Queensland PGA in, um, I think it was at uh, Emerald Lakes maybe, and mm. uh, Stephen Bowditch won it. And I, I had a little 20th and made a check of about 1,200 bucks and I was stoked. I was I could go get a couple beers for the boys and um, – <laughs> Then, uh, yeah, then my my fir- first official event was, big event, was the uh, Australian Open. And um, I finished about 40th, made about eight grand there. And yep. then the PGA came up and I finished second, made 100 grand there. And I was like, how good's this, you know? Mm. And then <laughs> and then the next week I was paired with uh, Peter Lonard and Robert Allenby in, in the Australian Masters. And... Um, Pretty much holes with one out of bounds on the first tee because I was so nervous and uh, <laughs> started with a triple there, but made the cut, finished 30th and, you know, made another 10 grand there. So in a span of having no money and um, scraping the barrel to go and, you know, making around about 120 grand, uh, it was pretty awesome, uh, you know, to start my pro career. So that pretty much funded me to then head to the states the next year and i just went straight into mini tours like as he said hooters tours and monday qualifying and yeah so this would have been the year that i just gave you the uh overarching story of rheumatoid arthritis that that was my first year pretty much hitting it as a pro properly yeah wow um just a, a quick one we've got a question that's come through i might just grab that for a sec um and it's from mac dawson um sorry mac we can't it's not allowing us to show your your um your, your name on the screen but what was the main diet factor you cut out um suffer from similar but controlled with regular inf- with a regular infusion oh that's uh it sounds like he he's on a he's got it way worse than I had it if he's on a regular infusion. Um, I just, uh, I cut a lot of uh, sugars, um, especially added sugars out of my diet, which, um, you know, any elimination diet, I think, and uh, I think he's probably, it's hard for me to professionally give him advice on this because I'm sure his specialist is, you know, the the technology's probably come so far in the last, you know, we're talking 15 years ago. But I think because I had a mild case, um, sugars was huge for me. Uh, I used to have a heat, you know, a, a typical diet as a 22-year-old. I used to eat a lot of crap because I thought I could bounce back. And um, I was on the healthy side. I used to hit the gym pretty good back then. And But I used to have a good time with the boys when I wasn't playing golf and drink a couple of ales and smash KFC and eat a lot of sugar. So... Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I only got rid of my rheumatoid factor about three or four years ago, which when I went back to my specialist and had a test done, he said, you've got zero rheumatoid factor. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I can take you off your medication. I'm like, isn't this supposed to be an autoimmune disease? Don't I have this forever? And he's like, mm-hmm. well, we can go off it and see how you go. And that was, yeah, three years ago. And I'm having had a breakout since. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, the, the only real main one for me was sugars and generally just healthy organic foods as much as possible. Um, yeah, obviously my diet's not perfect today, but yeah, he obviously sounds like he's got a, a much more severity of a case if he's having a lot of infusions. But yeah, I'm 
see your, your specialist. I'd love to give you tips on it. I've just been out of that world for about five years. So, yeah. oh, best best of luck with that, Mac. And thanks for um, throwing in the question there. Yeah, um, awesome question. Throw, throwing back here, so you, you played on um, on the Hooters Tour for a few years and had a win at the 2006 base camp, um, what was it, the Realty Chesden Landing Open. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> How does that trophy look? Has it got a plaque this long? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, actually. Um, it was in Virginia. We had a, it, was a, it was a fun week because um, one of my – fellow Aussie mates that lives over here in Florida, Aaron Price, he uh, he finished second. And um, and then Jeff Ogilvy won the US Open at Wingfoot that that Sunday as well. So um, it was kind of a good day for Aussies. But uh, yeah, no, that was that was one of my most memorable wins for me because it, you know, just winning winning in America is just so tough. So uh, it was a stressful but uh, fun day had by all. Yeah, it was it was it was a it was a good little victory there on the old Hooters tour. <laughs> what what was it like it, being on the Hooters tour? Was there? Oh, I'm just obviously I'm going to the namesake there for a second and, and double. I, I was waiting for Double Part to chime in, but he's not. Oh look, look, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 there. James Nitties on the Hooters tour. Like, <laughs> how good is it? It's uh, <laughs> it, it, it was pretty fun. It was. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's. Uh, Look, the uh, the the most notable thing about the Hooters tour is in the pro am. Uh, you know, you if you're lucky enough to be the twenty guys that would play the pro am with some members uh, of that golf club, you would have every par three there'd be Hooters girls. So they would bring them out, and they'd have two girls on every par three. Uh, you know, they and they hated being there. They're like, "What? What's this golf tournament? I'd rather be in getting tips off the old sleazy dude in Hooters getting greasy wings." You know, and you got these golfers and they're standing out in the sun and all this sort of stuff. But let's just let's just say um, that the accent went a long way in America back then. So uh, <laughs> with some. You you'd get the right smile out of the girl that's never heard an Australian accent, considering the uh, the places we played the Hooters tour in were in the middle of nowhere, like Alabama, and this one was in Virginia and a yeah. small town. So, uh, you know, you oh my god, where are you from? That was probably a <laughs> common a uh, little, little and in uh, bumfuck nowhere, you get a bit of excitement. <laughs> Tournament yeah, coming around. Definitely was uh, made the events a, a little more something to look forward to when you know you had like a, a secret weapon going up to the girls. So it uh, <laughs> they were they were typical mini tour events and you know run run pretty well and um, I think I, I won twenty grand for winning. So it, it was you know they'll pay for play obviously. So I think yeah. we paid six hundred US back then to play. And um, yeah, the winner got twenty grand, and so it was pretty. It was good, a good opportunity for us to play in something. 
our uh, our sideshow act, uh, Nate Paul, can't uh, can't have a night off. He's on there watching. He's going, whoa, hold up. I like greasy wings at Hooters. Yeah, righto. <laughs> Mate. Need, needed to show that one on screen. There's so many <laughs> so many better places to go than Hooters these days in America <laughs> if you want he's to. A, um, he's a big Bryson, uh, Bryson fan now, Nate, and he's, he's loving the, uh, the Bryson show at the moment, being in the US Open. And um, yeah, get, getting on to that for a sec, you, you Q School – um, graduate in 2008, then you go on and play the US Open in 09 at, at um, Bethpage Black. Um, how, how was that to to get out there and, and play in that? Yeah, awesome. Um, I was just happy to be there, actually. i got a pretty funny story. I've just, 2009 was a really good rookie season for me. I was just, everything seemed to be going right, um, playing great golf. And, uh, and then I, I, can, I can remember that me and my caddy were, were like, all right, we're just going to buckle down. We're going to play eight weeks straight leading um, up to US Open qualifying. We're not going to have any nights out. We're, you know, we're just going to try to buckle down, make as much money as possible. So we, uh, I played really well over that span. I think I had like a couple top 10s and a um, couple top 20s and then – we were like, sweet, we'll go to the US Open qualifying. And uh, I ended up getting into a playoff. Uh, it was nine guys for one spot into the US Open. So I was like, wow. I was like, well, it looks like we're probably having a night out tonight because this is going to be impossible to get through. <laughs> and then I go out and I birdie the first two holes and I get into the US Open. through. For, <laughs> I get the one spot out of the nine guys in this sudden oh. death playoff. So yeah, nice. Then we're like, all right, we're going to have to put a couple, couple beers off and extend it another week at, for Bethpage. So I uh, went to Bethpage. It, we had torrential rain for the whole week leading up. So the course was – it just – you know, it was amazing playing in my first major, but it didn't feel like a major because the course was so wet that the, the balls were plugging in the fairway and then they were plugging in the green. That's how wet the greens oh. were. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, 12 under was leading through two rounds. I think Ricky Barnes was leading. And um, I missed the cut. I shot seven over. I think the cut was five over. So I missed by two or three. And, um, yeah, no, it, it was the US Open where Lucas Glover won. Uh, yeah. Mike, Michael Sim played in the last round with uh, Tiger Woods. So... It uh, it was an awesome event, like especially the last two rounds actually started to look like a real US Open. They made, managed to get the course pretty dry and, and dried it out a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty awesome. I look that whole year for me was as far as golf goes. That was the best year of my life. So being able to play in a major on top of keeping my card on the PGA Tours, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So would it be fair to say, James, that was the highlight of your professional career to date, or? Yeah, fair. yeah, I, I would, I would say that 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 year as a whole was, uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. So that would probably be the highlight of my golfing career, yeah, for sure. So you mentioned Tiger there, and, and that was probably really at the height of, of his hype and and the 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 rock show that would have gone with him at a major. Did you? Is it easy to get sort of swept up in that? Definitely. Um, I can just remember, I think I, that year alone, I, I think I played maybe six or seven events that Tiger played in. And 
every time he would play in an event, it would just build it to to a level that you would you just wouldn't recognise if he wasn't there. I remember playing Bay Hill and. I was maybe in the last five groups and he was last group. And I can just remember coming up the last hole and it's it's 15 deep all the way up the last hole, up the left, everyone's all the way back behind the green. It, it, it was just like, it was like a rock concert. And because I was so close um, to him, everyone was just pumped to see, you know, and he won and it was everyone, I think he won. Maybe he didn't win this event, but He's won Bay Hill like a thousand times, <laughs> but it was just every time, especially actually the Australian Masters that year at um, at Kingston Heath, and when he came out and when everything came out about him and a little uh, floozy he had at the hotel there that week, um, that was that event alone too. I remember just being and going, "This is absolutely crazy." I was so scared because. The fairways, when you've got so many people coming out to follow the event, they look so small. I was just trying not to uh, hosel one off into a, you know, <laughs> an old lady on the side of the. Uh, I was, I was just trying to. I was so nervous because I remember, even then, they were having like a hundred thousand people at or forty thousand a day at Kingston Heath, which just they don't have the room there for that many people. So, um, it was amazing. So yeah just being around tiger and unfortunately i never got to play with him but um yeah just being in an event it just had a, some a electricity and buzz to it that you you couldn't you just wouldn't get with any other event if he wasn't no, playing for sure and you've mentioned bryson a couple of times and you had a bit of a dig at his uh beefcake and the like and i'm looking i'm on the <laughs> same page as you what do you think um compare him to tiger and i mean not not in in capability because i think tiger's the goat but bringing to the game do you think bryson's um, what he's doing for the games in in a positive or, or what's your take on that yeah i'm a fan um look i i, I don't know him as a guy i've I heard he's not the greatest bloke like um but that's it's not going to skew my opinion of if he gets me to the tv or not you know like i'm a pro golfer and i want to watch him on tv there's only about five or six guys that i i really will be like oh you know there's a there's a football game on let's let's switch it off to watch this third round of, you know, just a regular season tour event to watch. And uh, so Bryson's one of those guys, um, hats off to him. You know, what he did is ridiculous, you know, like, and, you know, it, it annoys me a little bit. People are just quick to go, yeah, well, he's probably on steroids and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> first of all, I don't think he's on steroids. Second of all, you don't just take steroids, sit on the couch and get massive. You have to work just as hard when you take steroids to get that big <laughs> than you would any other time. So I, I, you know, as I said, he's a mad scientist. The guy, you know, went away in quarantine for six months. I think he said he worked out, didn't have a day off once. And smashing that many calories every day it's not fun eating that much i can tell you i've tried to put on weight before that way it's really really hard and um yeah i think it's awesome because i'm look i'm an advocate for rolling the ball back in the way of i think we should have a bit more spin on the ball i don't want the ball to go shorter if you center your driver out of the middle i think it should go 400 yards you know i just dislike the fact that you can, you know, maybe not me personally, but a hundred, 
the top 100 average on tour guys, you can toe or heel a driver and still hit it 300 yards yeah. is, a, <laughs> is a joke. Like, so um, I still want the ball to go miles, but I would I just want off-center hits to spin like the old balls used to. So if you, you know, because back in the day, we used to hit down on the ball and I'm not even that old and I'm like, you used to hit down on the ball, but, you know, guys like Norman and Jack and every all those guys back in the day, you had to hit six six down on the ball just to stop it from spinning up in the air. Now, I think Rory's numbers and Bryson's numbers are six up on the ball because the ball doesn't spin. You can hit so far up on it and know it's going to go pretty straight. Um, if you tow it or heel it, you don't. they don't really care, those guys. So um, I like it in the fact that he's kind of shoving it in the face of all the traditionalists that you know, all the outrage of, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be able to play a golf course like yeah. that. And he's destroying the game. And I'm like, well, you let him. So he's playing a five and a half degree driver or 5.25, I think he changed it to for, for Sunday's game. So, um, yeah, if he's hitting six up, it's still only sort of 11 degrees and he's just, uh, he's wailing that thing. Um, like there's no tomorrow. It's it's brilliant. And uh, Nate's commenting uh, even more. I think he's uh, he's loving this conversation about yeah. <laughs> uh, about his famous beefcake. But you you you're switching off. So you're switching off the Cowboys getting up by one point over the Falcons on Sunday football to watch Bryson play golf. That's uh, that says something. No, no, I'm not. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was I, I was resourceful there. I had the old. The Reds, uh, I had the Cowboys on the phone and the uh, golf on the TV. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, we had it going. It's, uh, I'd be switching back and forward between that game, that's for sure. Yeah, so, who drill, else? Drill screen. so, you, you <laughs> mentioned you mentioned five or six, James. Who are the other blokes that uh, get your juices flowing? I mean, Harry Higgs would be up there, but who else? <laughs> <laughs> I actually played a mini tour uh, event with Harry Higgs a couple of years ago. So, he was just doing what I was doing, like not even a year and a half ago and now he's on the pga tour but so it's pretty cool loves, but, the, uh, loves the open collar old higgsy loves it <laughs> oh i could see him uh walking or walking around pretty uh pretty fat and happy uh with all the money he's got in his wallet right now but um who who gets me just the typical guys so uh you know dustin rory um anyone that's just is doing stuff right now that a lot of other guys can't. So um, they're the boys that, you know, anytime there's a good tussle, like, you know, the BMW, BMW championship with, you know, Ram and Dustin, that was a great finish. Yeah. And Memorial with um, Ram, Ram, like also the the course will get me to the TV. Like if the guys are shooting 35 under and it's just a punting comp, it's, it's just not that entertaining, even even if it is a shootout. I just I like it when guys are struggling a bit. Yeah, they have to hit like really good golf shots to um, you know to score well or to uh, to play well. So I feel like with Memorial, BMW, and Wingfoot, we had kind of like three majors this year. So for me, they were the most entertaining events to watch. But um, yeah, back on Bryson, a little quick tidbit. Um, I don't know if you heard that he picked up that he was going to try a 38 to a 40 inch yeah, driver yeah. length. Driver. Yeah. <laughs> try yeah. to hit it 400 yards. That's classic. I love it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> well, he's getting in there with um, Kyle Berkshire and um, and the long drive guys, uh, giving him some inspiration. So, um, if he can get the consistency uh, out of it, then yeah, all, all for it. And it, it, his misses aren't missing 
by miles either. Like they're they're not far off the. Off That's the, the thing. Way. It's yeah. the the most impressive part with Bryson isn't his distance; it's his accuracy. He's mm. actually his average accuracy is the top twenty on tour. He or maybe not top twenty on tour, but that it's not like he's hitting long drive guys hit it like a hundred left and right when they miss one. He's just yeah. missing the fairway left or right. Like it's, it's very, yeah. that's the impressive part. And if he's like, if he is missing it, he's out driving the tree line anyway, on most occasions. So he's got a clear shot just obviously in the, in the rough. Um, yeah, yeah. The master, the Amazing. masters of the, uh, if he dismantles Augusta, there will be so much outrage. I'm, I'd be so obsessed if that happened. It'd be the <laughs> funniest thing ever. <laughs> when when you're saying misses, I'm going. Nah, I think the bloke's single. Feeding him, I don't think he's got a woman, does he? He slept with his trophy. He slept oh, with sure his US Open trophy. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a photo on his Instagram of him with the trophy in his bed. There was only uh, one other person. There's only one other person that would have slept with him, and that's Nate. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's up. He's up on Nate. He's just trying to get some <laughs> greasy wings from Hooters. <laughs> Oh, uh, we've got at? a question from our got a question from our uh, our followers in here. Uh, Brad Wheat, what brand clubs and ball are you currently playing, and what's your favourite go to shot, fade or draw? Uh, yes, well, I've got one of those bags that is has everything in it at the moment. Um, so I have the Callaway Maverick driver, which is pretty good. I, I hear. There's pretty, all the drivers out now are really good, actually. But, um, yeah, then I have TaylorMade Woods, the Sim Max 3-wood, and then a M4 5-wood. And then I have a 21-degree, um, like, driving iron, Callaway driving iron. And then I don't have a 4-iron, and I just purchased the new um, seven, TaylorMade 770s which are amazing. It's such a good iron. Um, it's like a model of the 790s. And then I have Titleist Wedges. And then I have an Odyssey putter. So all of that into Pro V1X. And I am what they would call a cutter. I'd like to say I fade it, but it's more of a cut. <laughs> yeah, it, sounds, it sounds like me, but I'm not hitting it uh, as well as you, mate. <laughs> Um, but yeah, maybe back onto a bit of golf and, and 2011 was also a pretty good year, um, racking up a a win on both the tour of Australasia at the Victorian PGA championship and, uh, and also on the nationwide tour, AK, um, the, the corn ferry tour now. Um, yeah, that, that seems like a pretty good year for you as well, mate. Uh, not long after the 2009 highlight for you. Sorry, my girlfriend just come back from a run. She, uh, <laughs> well, good. Tell her to join in. She can have a chat too. <laughs> well, she, she's going. She's going to uh, earn an honest check. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no. So we talked about it before. Two thousand and nine uh, was my greatest memories and most fun I've ever had in golf. And two thousand eleven is is the best golf I played in my whole career. Um, the win at uh, on the uh, Web dot com tour. Man, that tour changes so many names. It's <laughs> yeah. now now the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, that was probably the best I've played four rounds solidly in uh, in an event. Uh, Twenty six under, I think I shot to to win by five over good buddy Nick Flanagan, uh, <laughs> another Novacastrian. 
Yeah, yeah, that was uh, easily the best event I've played mostly uh, in my whole career from tee to green. And then, uh, yeah, I played really well in the the Vic PGA as well. I think I maybe shot about 16 under for three rounds, it was. Um, wow. But, uh, yeah, that was – that was – 2011 was a really good golf year for me. Uh, I just, I, I think I made around 190,000 on the web.com tour slash corn Ferry tour. And, you know, that's, that was, uh, that was really good golfing for me. So uh, yeah, that was, that was a fun year. And you, you've won a couple of times on home soil. Um, I say home soil, obviously in Australia, not necessarily New South Wales, um, but <laughs> WA uh, and Victorian PGA. Uh, as well so yeah it, it must feel good to be winning those professional wins on home soil as well yeah thanks for the uh slight dig saying i've never won in south wales it's uh that's cool. but, uh, <laughs> not meant that um, way but anyway <laughs> no it's uh I, t- I tend to play good in uh victoria i think i love sandbelt golf for me um you know golf that you can use the ground a lot get a lot of run and i and i love really you know firm and fast greens the faster the better for me so um, i love being able to hit a putt and not have to sm- you know smash it to get to get it to the hole and uh you know obviously in victoria for me best co- best collection of golf courses in the world that's I always tell that to people especially in america uh they they they're always like, oh, I can't, I can't go to Australia. It's just 16 hours on a plane. I'm like, mate, it's the best golf you'll ever play. Just get over there. So, yeah, no, I, a lot of good golf in Victoria, and I, I tend to play well in New Zealand. Had a good amateur career in New Zealand, and um, yeah, so those those two are, I, I love playing at. So uh, you, you mentioned um, Victoria, and you, you set a record last year. And I'm going to jump ahead, so Steve, but um, 2019 <laughs> uh, in at 13th Beach, yeah, nine consecutive birdies at the Vic Open. Matched Kalkovekis. Who was it? Who who'd you match? You matched someone, but I'm going to claim it as yours. You're the world record holder for the most <laughs> consecutive birdies. I reckon it was the Mo. It was the mo that did that for you. You can grow a mo. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk, um, talk us through those holes. How, how did you know, James? Like how how are you going when you're hitting those birdies? Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. It was so. Um, you know, you just start. It's one of the first events of the year, so it was a beautiful Victorian morning, which is it's tough to come by. I tell you, and um, actually, no, they're easy to come by, and it, it's 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 tough to come by a good Victorian morning into a good Victorian afternoon, but no, it was, uh, it's perfect weather. Um, started, I think I was one under through about four or five holes and then made a double bogey from the middle of the fairway, eight iron in. And I was just, you know, I'd got on the 15th hole cause I hit off back nine first. And I, I remember there was a leaderboard there and everyone was like three or four under par. And it's like, you know, you're one of the first groups out and you're just seeing everyone is just lighting it up and you're like, Oh, cool. You know, I'm one over. I've just made a double good start to the year. You know, you try not to get those thoughts in your head, but you know, I need a, you know, I haven't really got status anywhere. I need a good, a good, good event. And then um, birdie 15, which is a short par four birdie the next with about a wedge in 17 i birdie it's probably about a five iron i think it was and then 18 i hit it on for two and two putted so i've just made four in a row and i'm like oh yeah it's pretty good we kind of 
back into it here and then then I go wedge to about three feet and I hit front of the green on the par five second, get that up and down and then hit it six iron into the par three third to about eight feet, make that. So now I'm like seven birdies in a row and I'm like, oh, this is great. We're starting to get rolling a bit. And then I, the next hole I hit it to about 10 feet and um, I remember it. I, I remember hitting, reading it and and pushing my part. I read it as a straight part, uh, breaking a little right and I pushed it and it held and lipped in right edge. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, make eight. And then I'm, I remember then I had a par five coming up next and I was like, I remember thinking going, yeah, I heard someone say nine unders been nine birdies has been done before, but I'd never looked at it. This was like years ago where I heard my buddy Tim Wilkinson say he made nine in a row, and I'm like, that's got to be some type of record. And he's like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And then, so I hit a front edge of the par five, chipped it to about six feet, made that. And then I was, I remember thinking going up, uh, I, what hole was it? I think so. Now I think I'm on the sixth hole at. Um, uh, the beach, beach course and I remember going all right I reckon 10 a record or who cares we're just I don't care if I make a bogey here we're going for 10 and hit a hit a pretty good iron shot off the tee hit it to about 20 feet which was sort of a tucked right pin and there was a swale off the left so I was trying to use that swale to come into the pin just miss miss the swale but I, I remember having like a downhill slider and I'm like you are not leaving this short. And <laughs> I hit a great putt, awesome putt. I just misread it. And it just just missed the whole low, went about four feet by. And, uh, yeah, and then I, you know, came off the golf course and they're like, you know, you just tied the record. Um, I think there's been about – I think sneaky, there's about four or five guys that have done it. Like there's about two or three in America and two or three in Europe. But I think I – I, you know, I've tied it, I've, which is great for me. I'm, I'll claim that I have a world record at this point. It's, uh, I think it's going to get broken soon though, because the amount of guys that are shooting like 59s and, you know, deep scores in America these days is, it's, you know, it's getting crazy. Have you ever had a 59? No, no. The best I, I think I've had 12 under at my home course at uh charlestown but I, I think i birdied like the last six holes in a row to get there so i've never been on really 59 watch okay so oh, you mentioned right. the sand belt what, what's your favorite course on the sand belt do you have one i know it's hard but yeah to pick no, one. no it's easy for me kingston e it's okay. uh i uh i just i love just loved it over the years i, I love it that it's a, a short it's not super long but it plays tough like especially when they get it firm and fast it it plays really difficult just the way the green complexes are. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a brutal golf course, but it's, it's a fun slash tough golf course, which I love. Um, this, this must be another one of your, your absolute highlights, the big break, the reality <laughs> TV series. <laughs> tell, tell us about that experience. Yeah, that was, um, so let's cut to 2007. I'd gone home after being sick for that year and then come back to America and doing the the Hooters tour again and uh, doing the Monday qualifiers. And I went, I went up to a, I played a mini tour event in North Carolina and 
there were these people on the range with a video camera and I just walked up and I was like, you know, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, oh, we're doing auditions for the, this reality TV show. And I was like, oh, what is it? And they're like, it's called The Big Break. And I'm like, oh, sweet. How do I, how do I audition? <laughs> you know? And they're like, well, just give us a little five minute clip of yourselves here and, and then we'll call, give you a call back if you make the shortlist. And, you know, I razzed up my interview a little bit. I said that they'd increase female viewers by about 98% if they put me on the show. And, uh, you know, I just said everything you need to say to get on a, on a, on a reality TV show. And I had a pretty good resume then. Obviously, I'd played good in Australia and I'd played, you know, various web.com events. So I kind of I I had a good resume to, to get on the shortlist and they called me back and, yeah, got on the show and it it was it was fun. I think it was 12, 12 guys. Ours was the first show that they'd put on where they were leaning more to a a better crew of golfers instead of just the personalities for a crazy reality TV show. So, yeah. you know, they had us on we had about I think Matt Every was on my show, who's won twice on the PGA tour, and um a couple guys that have played on uh you know the web.com tour on my show and yeah so it it was fun it 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 was uh in mesquite nevada which is really in the middle of nowhere about two hours out of vegas in the desert <laughs> um one of the days was like 130 fahrenheit which is it's like 45 degrees and yeah, wow. uh we fit we filmed that day everyone was you know a little wary for wear because uh we we're staying at two casinos, so a lot of the boys are out having a good time before and curfew. Having to back it up in forty-five yeah. degree heat the next day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's sweating it all out. They had us filming it. Um, you know, we'd be up at four a.m. You'd go into makeup, you'd do um, some interviews, then we'd be filmed. We'd film till one in the day, and then we'd go back and we'd do post interviews of like the whole day, and um, so they could run it during every episodes. And then, to be honest, a lot of guys, we were all in bed by like nine, ten o'clock. But uh, it was, no, it was a lot of fun. I was just, a, you know, I, I still get recognized to this day <laughs> for playing big break and not for being on the PGA Tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, that cool. oh, yeah, that, that's, that's a great, great highlight for you all the same. Um, what the, the current status so let's move on and see where, where you're at at the moment what are you what are you playing your messages a couple of days ago you're hoping to qualify um this week what's the current status for you so i have um limited status on the corn ferry tour so i'm still playing on my past champion category from what we just talked about before in 2012 when i won yeah. um i lost my corn ferry card in around about 2015 so or 16 so for the last four years five years i've really had no status anywhere apart from australia when i come back so yeah um yeah it's kind of a grind at the moment i'm you know scraping the uh the old bank account barrel and uh doing mini tours with all these whippersnappers like i'm easily the oldest guy on these tours like there's about three of us veterans out there and then you got all these 21 22 year old brysons that are hitting it 40 by <laughs> me and uh yeah so playing uh, a lot of mini tour events and then um doing the occasional qualifier when i can so it's um it's one of those things where 
it, uh, it's difficult because the qualifiers, like the last one I just did was 125 guys for four spots. I think eight oh. un- there was an eight under and three seven unders. So that's pretty much the going rate. Um, with my status, I'm not going to get into any events. Um, you know, th- these days you got I got a Monday qualifier and then uh, make the cut. And then if I make some money, then I can re-rank in with my category of stat- past champion status. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it at the moment. I'd, I'd, I'd really, I wouldn't mind doing what, a bit of what, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to play golf for the rest of my life, but uh, unfortunately money doesn't last forever. And um, so I was looking at maybe getting into a bit of what you boys are doing, maybe some podcasting and uh, even maybe some broadcasting to uh, maybe yeah. fund fund a little bit of the career while I am have this old rickety spine not going so wait wait until you get to the champions tour maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah if i have a vertebrae something, to, something to tie, tie you over um so i suppose that's that's the plan for the rest of 2020 is is to continue playing on some of those mini tours and and qualifying um events uh, for the rest of this year and 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 into 2021 i suppose as well yeah that's it like obviously you know corona is just uh it's put a spanner in the works for a lot of people around the world, especially a lot of guys in Australia. Like I've got a lot of buddies that just have nothing to do right now. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate not only for golfers, obviously for everyone else, but hmm. America's kind of going. It's it, There's a there's a fair few mini tours getting going and, you know, they they try to keep the protocols and, you know, everything safe as possible. And, it's, yeah. you know, the, P, the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour have done an awesome job. Like there's barely any positive cases and, um they've pretty much run the tour so it's uh yeah that's that's about uh, there's not going to be a lot coming up over the next couple months for me you know it comes into we're getting into winter here it's usually when i'd come home to play in the events in australia but um so yeah yeah, it's just maybe try to uh find some work over winter and make some money and then uh, hopefully everything you know, we can get we can get back to normalcy in 2021, and I can come back and play those events in Australia at the start of the year, and and uh, get going again. Yeah, and speaking of um, Aussies back home, we've got Jake uh, Higginbottom coming on next week, and Char- another Charlestown boy, I, I believe. Um, oh, awesome. He's jumping in next week, so we're going to have a, a chat with, uh, with that with him. Uh, looking forward to, to having a chat with him as well. And uh, feel free to send us any uh, any goss, any inside goss on him, so we can stitch him up when he jumps on. It'll be great. I might, I, 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 let's see if I can jump on, and I might fire a couple of questions at him. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, because I, I grew up playing. Well, I would say that Jake grew up playing at Charlestown with me. So he was. I remember when he was a little whippersnapper coming out and awesome talent i mean that kid if he just he he's got worldly talent so he just just needs to you know somehow get onto that european tour and he'll be he'll be just fine we've got another listener um and member of the um gda family here tristan matthew marsden played golf with this legend as a junior referring to you obviously um <laughs> and he's he said our club used to hold the norman von nieder um, okay and then he's, he's all over it tonight. Nicky Campbell was the other junior which had talent along with Kurt Barnes. Not sure what happened to Nicky, and, but James and Nicky were unbeatable to what I remember. That's pretty cool. Flashback for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Good times. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. I, I'm sorry I can't. The memories of Tad Fog, Foggy back 
you know, 15 years ago like that. But, yeah, Nikki yeah. Campbell, she was winning everything. Um, I think she's from ACT. And and Barnsey, oh, man, that, talk about a guy that had worldly talent. That guy, one of the best ball strikers I've ever played with, and I've played with a lot of guys on tour. So, yeah, that was uh, that's, that's a crazy uh, duo right there. Mm, all good. Ball, mate. Sorry, DP, any, any thoughts? Um, we're talking to a legend. I mean, James, maybe you need to have a look at um, some other sort of reality TV. What do you think? Maybe some Big Brother or some Survivor, <laughs> maybe to get your, your purse back up? What do you reckon? Oh, it's funny. I, uh, small story. I, I actually, in 2009, I got approached to be on The US Bachelor. Um, it's... Uh, it was, uh, I think I got it. I only got it offered because I wasn't famous enough and they were trying to go in the sporting route. But, um, no, roots, yeah, roots I, the right word. It's weird because in America, when they say we're rooting for you and you're an Aussie and you're like, you're rooting for me? Well, yeah. go, <laughs> go, go hard or go home. I suppose. Had it. But, <laughs> they always, they, uh, they say pulling for you over here too. So, that's another one that's uh, a little uh, left field, but um, it, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm on my visa. I'm I, there's not a lot of work I can do over here apart from uh, it's an athletic or artist visa, so I'm allowed to do acting or um, you know broadcasting or anything along those or golf along those lines. That's what my visa. So I can't, you know, I'd love to go get a job just to make some money on the side, but I can't really. But um, yeah, so you never know. You might see me pop up on a, you know, a Geico commercial or something, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> All good. Well, mate, look, awesome. thanks so so much for, for coming on uh, well, this morning, um, tonight over here. We, we really appreciate the time. It's been a great uh, great chat, great to have you on, and, uh, mate, wishing you all the best, and, and hopefully we can get that purse back up and, and get you in competing consistently on the corn ferry and, and maybe even more mate looking forward to to keeping a track on on how you're going yeah thanks boys it was uh you know you guys took it easy on me and uh <laughs> i enjoyed it thoroughly it was uh it was fun chatting yeah fantastic. thanks james right, right. well take it easy mate and, uh, and we'll talk again soon see you boys see you, mate. how was that dp that's pretty good mate yeah no he's got a bit of a Bit of a story to tell, and I think we heard all about that. Um, yeah, wow, <laughs> that was brilliant. There's a lot of highlights in there, and and some really uh, different ones, some really cool ones. Um, but playing in the U.S. Open, though, I mean, we've obviously just watched um, U.S. Open in the last week, and and what Bryson's doing there. But um, mate, yeah, to to get to get to play in that, and also see the Tiger hysteria, um, mate. Yeah, I can understand why that's a highlight year for him. So. Um, mate, yeah, absolutely brilliant and, and an absolute legend to chat with. Uh, and all the Aussies we've had on, um, yeah, they're all down to earth. Um, love, a, love a bit of a yarn and, and just taking it pretty casually, but um, they're so humble at the same time. They, they are living the dream, eh? Like, and they're not, they don't have the big head and, and they're just, you know, they're, they're riding their wave. Like, they probably never thought that they would be where they are and, and experiencing what they're experiencing. And James, he's had a few, um, few knockbacks but he's, he's taking him in his stride and, and yeah. yeah good luck awesome. to him no top yeah. weight good good can grow a decent mo um <laughs> that's, hey, that's hey, brilliant 
can make a can make a birdie too, mind you. What nine? Yeah, just a just a few. Um, well, look, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks again to to James for jumping on tonight. Also, a shout out to our sponsors: Dint Putters, Cobra Puma Golf, Session Set, and Net Return Australia. Um, as I said at the uh, at the upfront, we gave away the uh, the Speed Zone Extreme Driver, uh, valued over seven hundred bucks. And if you want to go and check out our previous podcast that we just threw out there this morning. Um, it's live, ready to go. You'll be able to find out who the winner is listening through to that one. So, um, yeah, that, that's a, a brilliant competition. Had a lot of uh, lot of attention there. So, yeah, great work, mate. DP, it's been great to have you on this week, mate. I really appreciate you uh, joining me uh, on the on the live chat. No, thanks, Steve-O. And, uh, yeah, shout-out to Nate and his, his little one there. Um, I'm sure he's yeah. probably got a little bit of a woody after all this Bryson talk again. <laughs> Um, which pains me, but no, nah, mate, thanks. It's been a pleasure. Nine months later. No, uh, all good, mate. No, congrats, Nate, on the on the baby baby Bryn. And, uh, and yeah, guys, that's it for another uh, live chat, and we'll see you next week. Adios. We're three golf tragics. We're, we're weekend packers, and we love that's the right. game of golf. And I, I think oh, that... I showed you guys that on the weekend. Yes, 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 <laughs> you did. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. I just... Uh, <laughs>